Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago. I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. Hey, so if you're in marriage counseling, you're trying everything to win your marriage back, you're just trying to figure stuff out, and nothing seems to be working, you're doing probably the wrong thing. So that's why I created my five-day challenge for men just like you who are on the cusp of separation or divorce. You're trying to figure stuff out. You don't know what to do. So look, in this five-day challenge, I'm going to help you gain clarity on what you need to be doing. I'm going to help you understand the pain that you're in and what you need to be doing about it, how to fix that. All of this in five days for just five bucks. That's right. Five-day challenge, five bucks. That's it. Get in. Do it now. Don't wait any longer. Get in right now. Do the work. It's easy. Every day you're going to get assignments. Every day you're going to get an action step to take so that you're moving forward and you're going to stop the paralysis that you're in right now where you don't know what to do. You're stuck. All that other stuff. It comes to an end today. Jump in right now. Five bucks. That's all it costs. Jump in today. Let's see on the other side. What's up, guys? Mark Santiago here with your five minute rant, if you will. We'll see if we go five minutes, but look, we have just entered into January. At least by the time you hear this, it will be past January. It'll be like, I don't know, January 2nd, January 3rd. And a lot of you have just come out of the holidays. And for many of you, and probably a lot of the, the guys that listen to my podcast, it was gut-wrenching. It was hard. It was hard as fuck. And you've been kind of contemplating things. You've been contemplating you know, I, I can't even get excited for 2022. Will my wife come back to me in 2022? You know, and maybe some of you have taken the optimism route and you're focused on being optimistic about things. And some of you might be taking the negative route of being very negative about things and just, just focused on, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get out of this year, get in next year, or it's all going to be the same. It's all going to be bad. And, and some of you have even contemplating taking your own life. And look, I'm here to tell you that you make today what it is, right? And you can own 2022. Your your 2022 has nothing to do with your wife. It has nothing to do with your kids. It has nothing to do with your job. It has nothing to do with anything but what you decide it should be. You can either own it or you can you can put it off and blame everything on the year, the season, the circumstances and be a be a victim or you can be a man who decides, Hey, I want to own 2022. Uh, there's a, a guy I follow. If you're in the marketing world or in the business world, you, you might've heard of names, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he did this great, uh, you know, montage, not a montage. It was just a, a five minute rant on Mondays. And he was standing out on this street corner and he was talking about how, how people just like loathe Monday and they just like, they think of Monday as like, Oh gosh, just dread Monday. And some of you are in that same boat where you dread Monday or dread 2022. You are loathing 2022. And what I love about what Gary says is he's like, make Monday like your Saturday. And he says, make Monday your bitch. And so I'm here to remind you, you can make 2022 your bitch. You can make 2022 your weekend. You can make it what you want. It just depends on what you do. 
It depends on what you choose to believe. You can choose to stay in the in the miry clay. You can choose to stay in the funk, in the fucked up mindset, in the jacked up way of thinking. You can stay, you can choose to stay in depression. You can choose to stay in those places, or or you can choose life. You can choose to get up out of that place. You can choose to stand up and say, you know what? Fuck that shit. I'm gonna make 2022 my bitch. I'm going to own 2022. I'm going to have my best year ever. I'm going to work on myself personally. I'm going to learn how to communicate. I'm going to learn how to articulate. I'm going to learn how to hear my wife, whether she wants me to hear her or not. I'm going to learn how to be the best fucking dad I can be, even if my dad didn't teach me how to be that. I'm going to be a father to my kids. I'm not just going to show up at baseball games, but I'm going to actually help them grow their character. I'm going to be the man that I choose to be. Because listen, whether you actively choose it or not, you will be who you will be. And that means this, is that you wake up today, you're choosing something. You're either choosing to actively confront the feelings inside of you, or you're choosing to actively bury those feelings. You're choosing to actively go after 2022, or you're choosing to actively bury 2022. And when I say bury it, I mean act as if it doesn't happen. Act as if it didn't exist. Act as if it isn't a new opportunity. Let me tell you, sir, there are plenty of opportunities for you right now. There are plenty of opportunities for you. And this isn't just to get you excited and hyped up. It's my rant, right? It's going to make you feel that way. But I want you to take fucking action today. I want you to think about what are the things that I can be grateful for today? What are the things that I can show up today in full strength and full power? Even if you barely have anything in you. I remember having COVID last year and feeling like I was going to die and having no strength within me. But it was like, you know what? I need to get out of my bed and I need to go eat something. I need to go take my medication. I need to do those things. I got myself into that habit so that I continuously got up and said, this thing will not kill me. This thing will not destroy me. And that's how you need to look at 2022. This thing will not destroy you. This thing is making you and it's making you better than you ever could have imagined if you choose to lean into it. So make 2022 your bitch. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Empowered If 2.0 January edition. We are launching, obviously, a brand new format. And uh, I talked about it last week. Uh, so the beginning of this podcast, you already heard my sort of rants. I'm going to do those rants every single week, uh, hopefully to get your ass out of bed and on fire. I may talk about life. I may talk about politics. I may talk about Whatever is on my heart because it's important to me in that moment in time. A lot of times when I'm driving, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm driving, I get some sort of idea or I get some sort of thought in my, and my brain just starts going on that. And so I pull over and I say, you know what, I'm going to record a video. And so many times I've wanted to do that or do do that, but I don't always share it with you guys. So I'm going to start sharing those personal notes um, that I'm just calling Mark's rants for now, uh, just a couple minutes long before this main part of the episode. And then after this, make sure you stay turned for, stay tuned 
for the bourbon moment. The bourbon moment is a fun, fun thing that uh, some of the guys in my crew uh, put together where we uh, literally sip, sip some bourbon and spit in some truth. So make sure you listen to that after this part of the episode. And then finally, I'll top it off with a Q&A. Uh, every week, a guy will submit a question to me about business, life, leadership, being a father, being a husband, any of those things that I will talk through uh, and answer your question. So, hey, look, if you're listening right now, I want to talk about something that is super important to me and is super important for 2022. Why? Because we live in a world right now where everybody's a fucking victim. We live in a world right now where nobody wants to take ownership of anything. And one of the worst things that I see in men who are coming to us is when they don't want to take ownership of shit. They don't want to own anything especially men who've been cheated on, especially men who've been wronged because they take the moral high ground and say, well, I've been wronged. I've been cheated on. It's your fault. This marriage was great until you decided to do this. And even if you're not in a failing marriage, but you're in a marriage where maybe your wife does things wrong and you go, but if my wife would stop nagging me, we'd have the perfect marriage. If my wife would stop spending all of our money, we'd have the perfect marriage. If, if my wife would stop doing this, or hey, how about maybe you talk about your job, right? If I made more money, then obviously I wouldn't have the problems I have. And because of that, because of that, I want to blame my job. I want to say, well, the company's not paying me enough. The company's not doing enough. It's not promoting me. I got, somebody else got promoted instead of me. Or if you look at your bank account and you go, well, I don't have enough money to pay these bills. And well, it's the government's fault. Uh, the government raised, raised taxes, or I don't like who the president is. I don't like who the last president is. So I'm going to blame it on him, even though he's not in office anymore. He's been out for over a year. I'm going to blame him for my money troubles. I'm going to blame COVID for what's going on. How about with your kids? Well, my kids are fucked up. It's the wife's fault. It's the internet's fault. It's everybody else's fault except mine. Because I don't want to own shit. Because if I own shit, that means I am responsible to someone. That means I'm accountable for something. And accountability and responsibility equal leadership. And we cannot be men who are thriving, men who are empowered, if we lack accountability and responsibility. Every one of us has an opportunity to be accountable or responsible for their behaviors, for their actions, for the things they do. And so for the next four or five weeks, we're going to uncover a lifestyle of ownership and what I call the five-dimensional man. You've heard me say this concept a few times. I'm going to bring it up because we're going to talk about it all year long and potentially beyond that and maybe years and years and years because I believe that a man who is thriving in all five dimensions of life has found his confidence, has found his freedom, and has found his power and lives an empowered lifestyle. That's my goal, is that myself included, that every man I contact, including myself, would humble ourselves and come to a place where we recognize that we need help to thrive. And in order to thrive, there are these five dimensions of every man's life that he needs to thrive in. 
you as a lover. That's what a lot of you are struggling with right now. Your marriage is on the rocks. Your wife has left you, etc. Or maybe you're listening to this for the first time and your marriage is okay, but it's not great. It's not where you know it could be. It doesn't matter. Here's what matters. What matters is that you choose a path forward. And that's what we're going to talk about. Here's the next thing. You as a father, who are you as a father? We're going to talk about that in, in, in future ones. And, and probably next week, we'll talk about a lifestyle of ownership with you as a father. And then you as a man, who are you as a man? What's your identity? What are those internal habits? What are those external habits? What are the things that you're doing to make sure that you're getting good sleep, to make sure that you're getting good rest? What are the things you're doing to make sure that you're in the healthiest place possible? Right? Because if you don't have that and you're not coming from that place, then you're not going to be empowered. You're not going to live an empowered life. Then you as a leader, how are you leading your life? How are you leading others? Are you leading others? Just because you're a husband and a father doesn't mean you're leading. So we're going to talk about leadership in, a, in many contexts, leadership at home, leadership in business, leadership in many, many different places. And then finally, you as a producer, how you produce income and assets for your family to create wealth, generational wealth, regular wealth. We're going to look at income. We're going to look at assets. We're going to look at creating wealth for long term. And we're going to start you in some of those basics because some of you are just living for today. You're not living for tomorrow. You have no savings. You have no 401k. You have no credit cards or, or excuse me, uh, you have no, you, you have debt and too many credit cards. You have too much going on and you're not paying those things and, and, and you're just drowning and you've been financially illiterate. You've been financially irresponsible because again, you haven't owned your shit. So we're going to talk about all of those things. But today, specifically, I want to talk about your marriage and or your relationship with the person you love. And I want to talk about this concept of ownership. So when we think about ownership, most of us think about the idea of owning a home, right? You own a home. What does owning a home look like? It looks like taking care of it. It looks like paying the mortgage. It looks like cutting the grass or making sure You've got someone that cuts the grass that you pay to cut the grass or your kids to cut the grass, right? And make sure that, that you are taking care of all aspects because you own it. You're the property owner. And when you think about marriage, most men do not think about marriage as something they own. What they think about is the woman whom they possess. They do not think about the marriage that they own. So if you separate for yourself for a second, the woman, and you look at the marriage that you have, this is the marriage that you own. Okay, when you walk into this marriage and you look around, you see, hmm, there's cobwebs here. You see uncut grass over there. You see laundry over there. You see things that you haven't been doing because you haven't been a good owner of your marriage. And so your wife's been sitting here for two, three years in some cases going, honey, I want to have a good marriage. Can we go to counseling? Honey, I want to be closer with you. Can we go to a retreat? Honey, can we talk more? Honey, can you share with me what you're feeling? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, sure, we'll do that. Oh, I, I don't really feel like it, babe. There's nothing wrong with our marriage. 
no wacko psycho needs to tell us about what we're doing wrong or blah, blah, blah. You're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And then bam, one day, everything's not fine. And you are crying and you are a mess. And you're like, how did I get here? Because sir, you forgot how to own your marriage and you did not own your shit inside of your marriage. I hope you can understand this concept when you look at how you own a home and compare that to how you own a marriage. You don't own the wife, you own the marriage. You own the marriage with the wife. The wife has responsibility as well. Your wife has just as much responsibility, both for the success and the failure of the marriage. No one's sitting here saying, there's nothing that she can do wrong. She's always right. I'm not saying that. No, nobody here is saying that. And I know some of you think that for some reason, because you listened to the first part of my message and you forgot to hear the second part of the message. And that is that you must own your shit. So when we talk about ownership, I want you to think about your marriage in the context of a home. How would you own your home? How would you take care of? How would you protect your home? What are the things that you would do to protect it? How would you show up for it? How would you make sure it's paid for and cleaned and taken care of? Or are you the type that doesn't do anything in his home and he just sort of outsources everything and he doesn't really have any ownership of his home? I don't care if you rent or you actually physically own. If you're living in a home, you should own it. And I don't mean the, the legal term of financial. What I mean is how you show up. Do you take care of this property? Do you treat this property with respect? And the same then goes for your marriage. Do you show up in your marriage in a healthy way? Do you show up from a place of, yes, this is my marriage. Um, this is how I'm going to be. I'm going to clean these areas up that need to be cleaned up. I'm going to make sure that we are not uh, just putting a bunch of junk in our, in our garage. My wife and I, this weekend, we cleaned out our garage. And, and it really wasn't that cluttered, but by getting rid of some of those little things and, and sweeping it out and we got new storage these were this was her idea because i was just kind of like eh, it's okay it's not that bad i i'm i'm not as uh as much into the organizing things and cleaning things like as long as it kind of looks neat and put away i'm okay but she was like no we need to make it more organized and all this and so we we cleaned it out she did a lot of the cleaning i helped a little bit uh, she's got very high standards and I'm trying to get there. And, and she did a lot of the cleaning and we got it out. And then we set up together the, the shelving and we put all the stuff on the shelving and it was just amazing. It was, it was actually a, a nice little fun project for us to do together. So it bonded us, but at the same time, it cleaned out our garage and our garage just felt cleaner. So it's like now when we go into our garage to get into our vehicle, it just feels, it feels airy. It feels light. It feels clean because we're not just leaving shit in the garage to accumulate. See, too many of you are leaving shit in your garage and your marriage's garage that has accumulated over the years and that has led to the choking out of your actual marriage, meaning that it's just hiding stuff, just putting stuff in there instead of actually dealing with those issues. You're just like, well, I'm just used to it. I'm just used to it. I'm just used to it. Until finally one day your wife says, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not used to it anymore. I don't want this anymore. This isn't what I want because you failed to own your home, your marriage home. So I want to talk about three practical things that you need to be doing if you want to have a successful ownership of your marriage, ownership of your marriage home, if you will. Number one question I want you to answer is this. 
How are you hearing your wife? When I talk about the word hearing, I'm not talking about listening. Listening is just words coming in. I understand what she's saying, blah, 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 boom. But how are you hearing her? Hearing her is a very active thing. It is where you actually partake in the conversation in such a way where you're not dominating the conversation. You're not taking over the conversation. You're not leading the conversation. You're simply a participant of the conversation to make her feel heard and understood. See, so many of you men, you have an agenda. When your wife starts talking, you start listening for what? What is the problem that I must need to fix? Because as those verbal things are going into your brain, you're processing problem, problem, problem. And she's like, I just want to connect with you. And as she's saying, I want to connect with you, you don't interpret it as I want to connect with you. You interpret it as rescue me, save me, save me. She's not looking for you to save her. She's looking for you to connect with her. Huge difference. 100% huge difference. So the question is, how are you hearing her? Number two, how present are you? This is a hard one. This is a hard one for every man, including myself. When I'm home, am I present? Or can I own my shit and say, I'm not being very present right now. I'm going to put my phone away upstairs, away from me, and I'm going to engage with my children. I'm going to engage with my wife. That is a tool or a tactic you can utilize. But the question begs the same. Are you present? And if you're not present, you need to figure out why. What are you running from? What are you escaping from? Sometimes it's overwhelm. Sometimes it's business problems that you're still trying to solve and your brain is trying to solve that you must learn to let go of and shut off so that you can then focus on moving forward. I hear something I've done for years and it's worked well for me. And that is when I start my day, I go, what do I want to accomplish so that at the end of the day, I feel accomplished or that I feel that I've made progress on my goals. I'm a very goal-oriented, driven, ambitious entrepreneur type. That is how I lead my life. I am constantly going. I don't shut down. I don't shut off, except for when I'm in vacation in Maui or when I'm hanging out with my kids at Disneyland. But even in the midst of that, sometimes my brain is still on the work that we do at Empowered Man. And that is because we are building something incredible. And it's hard for me to take a break from it. But aside from that mission, if I look at how present am I, it is important for your wife and your children, for you to feel present. Again, number one struggle for me is presence. That I am not always showing up. And that is something I must own at home. You own it by admitting it and taking action to do something about it. Hey, this is something I have not done. I have not done well at being present. Therefore, when I come home, my phone is going upstairs in my bedroom in a closet. Or I'm not present at dinner. Therefore, I'm going to ask questions that engage the children or engage my wife in conversation. Or when I get home, the very first thing I'm going to do is kiss my wife, be intentional, look her in the eyes, say I love you, hear her 
How was your day, honey? Is there anything I can do to support you? And then maybe take one of my children and say, hey, you want to play catch? Hey, you want to do something? And let me do that. By creating that action plan ahead of time, what does it do? It creates for me ownership. Hey, this is how dad shows up. This is how dad is present. And when dad's not doing that, he can be accountable. He can be accountable for how he's showing up. And the way he's accountable is he's just humble. And he just owns his shit. You're right. I have not been present lately. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to do this. Now, when your wife says it, and your wife says, hey, you haven't been present lately. Here's how you respond to that. Honey, you're absolutely right. I have not been present. And when I'm not present, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like you don't care about our family. Honey, that hurts me that I've been hurting you that way. And I'm sorry. I want to own that. Will you forgive me? That is present, powerful language. And you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to overdo everything. You literally just show up and you say, you know what? You're absolutely right. I have not been present. There's no excuses. There's no defensiveness. It's just admitting because you are an owner of your shit. Like I said, gentlemen, this is called the lifestyle of ownership. I talk to men all the time and I go, hey, you haven't owned your shit in your marriage. Yes, I did. I owned that I didn't do this thing last week. No, 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 bro. Ownership is a lifestyle. It is something we do all the time. It is something we live and breathe. It is the very part of our essence as empowered men who go, you know what? This is an area I am lacking. This is an area that I can get better at. It's not a shame thing. It is a excellence thing. It is a leadership thing. Final question. How decisive are you? How decisive are you? Are you decisive? Are you making decisions that, is, that are leading the family? Or are you just sitting back and not doing anything and not making decisions? When your wife says, hey, what do you want to do for dinner? I don't know. Hey, what do you want to do this weekend? I don't know. Make a decision. This again has been something that was a struggle of mine and often can be if I am not proactive about making decisions. So instead of it being like, for example, and I'll, I'll call this out. My wife has done a really good job calling me on this. She used to ask me, Hey, do you want to eat this for dinner? And I would say, sure. Or she would say, Hey, do you want to go to this movie? Sure. Or, Hey, should we do this? Sure. Sure. is not a decisive answer. Sure is one of the most non-committal words you can say because you're not committing. It's not a yes or a no. It's yes, I want to do that or no, I do not. It's either one. Make your yes, your yes, and your no, your no. Too many of you are not decisive and you're just suring through life. You're just like, sure, I'll do that. Sure, I'll do this. Sure, but you're not committing. You're not saying, yes, I am going to do that. Yes, honey, that's a great idea. Yes, we will do that. Yes, son, I will take you to play baseball. Yes, son, I will do this. Yes, daughter, I will do that. Yes, boss, I will do this. That's a non-committal approach when you're just suring everything. So we want to stop suring everything and be decisive. So how decisive are you in your marriage? How decisive are you in your home life? When you think about ownership and you think about owning a home, 
And you think about a marriage and how you own that marriage with your wife, just like you own a home. In fact, here's, a, here's another great look at it. I just thought about this, was that if you own a home, most men will be proactive about cutting the grass, taking care of the outside, because they're, they're things that you can fix with your hands, right? So, so if you're a guy that's good with your hands, and you're like, man, I'm, I can fix anything. I can, I can fix the, the plumbing. I can fix the electrical. I can fix whatever. You know, and you own the home, and you're going you're gonna to fix shit that breaks. Or you're going to make sure, hey, honey, we got we to gotta replace this, or we're going to do this thing here, so I'm going to spend a little bit of money. We do this. That's why DIY is so big now. Everyone, everyone's fixing their, their kitchens and their sinks and, and all this stuff. But here's the thing is you're doing all that. You're spending all this money on fixing your, your house, but you're not fixing your marriage. And the way you fix your marriage is owning your shit. So you, you, can't, you can't just fix a broken marriage. Once a marriage has been broken, it needs to be restored to new. And in order to do that is to have a new marriage. The only way you can have a new marriage is to have a new man. A new empowered man equals a new empowered marriage. Boom. A new empowered man equals a new empowered marriage. That is leadership. That is ownership. And for men, if men would stop trying to fix and save the marriage and focus on fixing and saving themselves, they would have more than likely the new empowered marriage that they crave. And if they don't, what they would do is literally push away that person because they're so toxic. See, the more healthy you get as a man, you're either going to bring your wife back into you or you're going to repel her because she has so much toxicity that she is unable to meet you where you were at. And that happens. We see that all the time. We see men that get healthy in their communication and suddenly their wife gets freaked out and they're like, why are you talking like a therapist? Why are you talking like this? And the guy's like, Hey, I want to be functional and healthy. And they're like, I don't like this. And that's because they want to stay stuck in their toxic ways. And if a woman wants to stay stuck in her toxic ways, let her, you can't force her to do something. Otherwise you can cry for her. You can grieve for her. You could say, gosh, that's so sad that she doesn't want to grow and she doesn't want to change, but I'm going to continue to do me. I'm going to continue to focus on my own growth. I'm going to continue to focus on who I need to be or who I want to be. And I will go all in on that. So gentlemen, a lifestyle of ownership is what we're talking about this next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about next week, you as a father. We're going to talk about the week after that, you as a man. We're going to talk about the week after that, you as a leader and you as a, as a producer. So guys, stay tuned. Make sure you check out the Bourbon Moment next, and I'll see you next week. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. Join your host, M. Sizzle, J-Dub, and Mandrew as they sip on some bourbon and spit some truth. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. All right, we're live at the Bourbon Moment. I got my three guys. We're going to talk stories. Stories, stories, stories. So, Andrew, you said your birthday is around the first of the year, and, and hence we're recording this around the first of the year, even if you don't hear it for this, I don't know, two, three weeks from now. But before we get into the stories, we got to do a drink check. I've got a bourbon. Bourbon. bourbon and a what is that again? It's a pre-mixed margarita. Oh, Joseph. J-Dub failed. Uh, a margarita. That's all right. We'll, 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 uh, next time though, next time we record this, you have to have a, mar you have to have bourbon. Like we gotta, even if you go sit in some bar somewhere 
and do this. Oh, dude, I'll totally do it from a bar. On your That'll phone. be exciting. It's probably better. I know I'd I'm still in the computer. office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so it's story time with, with uh, Mandrew. What you got for us? Well, I mean, obviously the New Year's is uh, in two days, right? And it's my birthday uh, on New Year's Day. So typically uh, for 28 years, we would go to New York City and I'd spend it with my grandparents. And my grandparents, after I told them about the divorce and everything, my grandmother just looks at me and goes, oh, looks like I got to clear more space on my wall for all these new girls that you're going to have coming to your birthday. Because <laughs> that was kind of like my M.O. Like my MO was I was dating a girl for like three, four months. And I'm like, Hey, come to New York, live it up for New Year's Eve and come to the bar with us. So it's just kind of funny. Like, you know, obviously we talk a lot about like, you know, all the relationships and stuff. And it was just my, my, my grandmother brought it up. I was just like, Holy crap. It is so true. Going through all the pictures and all the different girls I would bring on my birthday. To, so to your grandma's calling you a player is what she's doing. Yes, essentially. <laughs> Got it. Well, well, happy soon to be birthday. Thank you. Even though it's, it's coming this year, it's it's Saturday, so two days from now we're filming this on the thirtieth. So, he's also got a stogie. What kind of cigar is that? Perdomo twentieth anniversary sun grown. It's the one that uh, we went Rocky Patel when we were all together, and then I got this for Joey and I as the second one the first night. And then obviously the, the second night when you guys came, you were into the flavored tips. So we got little flavored tips that night. About the flavored tips. The boring stuff is, doesn't do it for me. I got, I got to have some, a little bit of flavor. Of course, though, it took me a, a while to actually like start sucking it down. For those of you who are not cigar smokers, you, you might appreciate this. You try to, you can't, you can't uh, inhale it. You have to really just like breathe that sucker in. It's different from inhaling it. I don't know, but. Yeah. All I remember is after six of them puking my brains out uh, because I couldn't handle. And it, it's weird because I drink now I drink three bourbons and I don't get I don't get fucked up. I get like a little buzzed and I'm OK, but I'm so dehydrated the next day. I don't throw up. The only reason I threw up was because I had so many fucking cigars that one time, which well, is crazy. No, I got to say this. So I went in for my life insurance the other day and they're like, so when was the last time you smoked? Well, actually, I don't smoke, but there was this one time and they're like, tell us more. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I actually smoked six cigars. And they're like, six cigars in one night. Yes, I was drunk off my ass is what happened. No, actually, I think it was three cigars and six bourbons. I think that's what it ended up being the numbers. Well, we went to dinner and we had right. bourbon at dinner because it was really nice bourbons at dinner. Right yep. at the steak, right? And we started there and then we we're like, oh, let's go to the cigar shop because Joey and I were there the night before with Billy. And we we're like. This place is awesome. It's a great spot near the hotel we're staying at. Let's go have some cigars. And Joey and I had a great time, probably five or six bourbons on the first night and uh, three or four cigars. So we're like, let's bring Mark. Yeah. And then Mark just dies right in, just right in. Like, Andrew, go pick me a cigar. I like, I want, I want this, this, and this. All right, cool. And then it was like, Mark chugged those cigars. Literally, I, that's because the last time I smoked a cigar, I was like 19. Like, I don't even remember how I, it was just, yeah, so long ago. I so. don't even remember the last time I smoked a cigar before that. Before it was- I just remember waking up the next day with Andrew and I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like, Andrew, yeah, like, it does, ah. it does dry you out a bit. I felt like that taste would never leave my mouth. It was, dude, I had to go get Pedialyte. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I showed we up trying at your to house with Pedialyte. Meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It was like team meeting and Joey's sitting there with his Pedialyte and he's like, let's go guys. I'm good. I'm like, you Dude, are not good. I was recovering. <laughs> I, was good. I, was, I was thinking ahead. Yeah. All right. Well, Joe, what do you got? You got a story for us? Oh man. A story. Yeah. What's something people don't know about you? It'd be funny to tell a story. I mean, you got, you got stories galore. Like this man's done everything in the, he was Drunk a bodybuilder. He's been a entrepreneur. He had a cookie company. Yeah, donut and a cookie company. Donut and a cookie company. Man. <laughs> Trying to think of a good story. I'll tell you my 21st birthday story. Oh, there we go. Okay. So 21st birthday, I decided to go to San Francisco to this event called Love Festival, which is now the Pride Parade. At that point, there were floats that would go through the town with DJs on them. And they would end up at the Oracle Stadium. And then it was like a rave slash live music event. So I went to the rave and the live music event for my 21st birthday. And we see this skybox. Like, you know, how they have the VIP skyboxes up there. We see that. And I was feeling good. I was already taking tallies on my arm because the goal was to have 21 drinks for my 21st birthday. The kicker. My ID expired on my 21st birthday. So some bartenders there would actually not serve me drinks because it was expired. Either way, I got past it. I see this VIP skybox and I turn to my friends and I'm like, dude, I want to get up there. So I had made it my mission to get up there at that point at all costs. I walk outside, walk through the hallways and there's like all of these like red, like movie theater type things. Yeah. And I see one that's blocking a staircase, just a single like red thing that you can just easily unhook. And something told me, like, follow my intuition that way. So I did. I go up the stairs. As we get up there, there's a couple up there that runs into one of the rooms. And we don't see like any other rooms open. So we go from door to door to door to door. None of them are open. I get to theirs and I knock. Boom, boom, boom. Security, open the door. That's what I ended up saying. Cause I was like, what's going to get someone to come to the door if they're like in the moment. So they do right when they come to the door, I barge through it's the sky boxes. I felt bad for going in there and barging in. So my immediate, and I was on a good one. I walk all the way through, which is like a balcony area. I decide to climb on the outside of this. Like literally like 50 feet down. I climb on the outside, the entire thing to get into the other sky box Open the door, let my friends in. We ended up breaking open the mini fridges to get the Sky Vodka, put it in the backpack, shimmy over to the next one. We ended up partying in these Sky Boxes until like way later on, but then went back down to the ground level with all the Sky Vodka. It was the most epic 21st birthday. I ended up tucking my friends in that night. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, yeah, I don't think I could ever top that for any of my birthdays. Oh, well, we will. But your 21st. My 21st was boring. I don't even remember doing anything. I think I was like dating a girl and was just kind of, I did a lot of my drinking from 17 to 20. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of stopped drinking then. Like my 17th birthday, my friend, he's like living with me at the time because his mom kicked him out of his house. And so he's like, he, he's this, this, awesome black kid that I, that was um, a friend of mine that lived in Pompano and I lived, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. So it was like, it was literally very segregated back then. And mm -hmm. like his mom kicked him out and stuff. So he came and lived with me 
and we're kicking it and he's like dude he's like i gotta get you drunk and i'm like nah man i don't i don't know about that like at this point i had like no supervision in my life my dad was already dead my stepmom worked 90 hours a week but i was still like trying to be a good kid and he's like no for your 17th birthday we're gonna we're gonna get you drunk and i'm like okay let's let's do it and so he takes me to the hood and he, he takes me to this this like like mom and pop five and dime store whatever you want to call it where they don't card anyone at all and we he gets me a bottle of mad dog 2020. oh man! now if you've never had mad dog 2020 that shit will put you on your ass and i had never drank alcohol in my fucking life so and you know and and it, it actually tastes pretty decent because it's flavored you know so i don't know if i got the hawaiian kind i don't know what kind i got but oh my god i was so fucking drunk that night like all i remember is being at another person's house and then this idiot left me at his his mom's house and was like yeah you got to drive home and i drove home drunk off my ass like stupid 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 shit like that is it's uh, things you do when you're under the influence of too much alcohol and you're 17. so i didn't quite climb through skyboxes or anything like that um the only close to that was probably well no i didn't even do it it was my friend see all my friends would do that shit like like senior prom night i had a friend who was like going from one balcony to the next and like almost fell off the balcony because the cops were coming and he's like he was an offensive lineman literally trying to jump from uh from one balcony to the other Damn. and i'm like Bro, the person to be jumping this. yeah Joey, that sounds like something like i would take do. uh mark out for his 45th birthday when it rolls around <laughs> got a couple years yeah. for that so. that's not that dark <laughs> three you should that's let long, it you should on your enough. birthday we'll ask amy for permission <laughs> yeah. like, you two are not taking him out for his we'll use that pj rental service we'll just end up somewhere like tahoe <laughs> thanks for joining us on the bourbon moment this is your host m sizzle i've got mandrew and i got j dub and we are out we'll see you next week all right let's do a little question and answer i've got today's question from jake bryant and he asks I could use some advice on self-care when transitioning into single fatherhood. Coming out of a relationship where I didn't take care of myself emotionally or physically by trying to take care of everything else. Now all of my routines are out of whack and I feel like there's no catching back up while maintaining the self-care that I've incorporated while caring for four little human tornadoes. Jake, I totally understand this. Father of four here um, and I have struggled mightily with this um, when I was single especially and uh, on my own, it was a big struggle. For me personally, one of the big wins I got was really going after a morning routine that worked for me. Um, morning routine that looked like getting up earlier than anybody else and going to the gym. Uh, it looked like me investing in a, um, a health coach where I took my health seriously and worked out um, and followed a plan. The thing you don't wanna do is find yourself in a place where you don't have a plan and you're just kind of like aimlessly going around. Um, and not that you have to go get a trainer, but I definitely recommend some sort of level of accountability to where you have to go and do a thing. So whether that's uh, a gym or whether that's, um, you know, like one of these fitness studios now, they've got like boxing and they've got all kinds of different things. Do some sort of physical activity, number one. Number two is some sort of spiritual activity or emotional activity like journaling or, or whatever. There's so many journals out there 
that you can get. And it doesn't have to be like journaling like all of your deepest, darkest feelings and, and whatever, but just processing your information so that you feel light and, and you feel like you've gotten out of you the things that are going on. Um, in terms of emotionally, I would say journaling is one of the best and most healthiest things you can do. The other would be like prayer or meditation uh, and breathing. Um, there's a lot of uh, extras on YouTube you can get for what's called box breathing. It's a really simple four by four type of breath work. And just really putting that together in like an hour long segment in your morning routine, I think will be super healthy for you. So that's what I recommend doing. Um, I've, I've kept those habits for a while now and it's, it's definitely helped my life. Um, it's become a part of who I am and I definitely recommend uh, having that. So thanks for sharing that question. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.